Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We have a heart for you, sister, and a God-sized vision that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's Word in your areas of influence. And so we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are accepting submissions for the Dayton Women in the Word blog. Posts to be published in March are due by February 1st. We would love to hear from you. For more details, including blog submission guidelines, go to DaytonWomenInTheWord.com slash blog. Jill's dining room table to my playroom down the street <laughs> this week. Um, we're here this week with our friend Kelsey Flynn. We're so excited to have her with us. Kelsey, you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey Flynn, as Natalie said. Um, I'm 26. Um, so I don't, am I like the youngest in this group or? You yeah, maybe. Are. Am I? I'm the baby on the podcast, guys. So high. Um, I am married though, so I'm not, I'm not that much of a baby. Um, I've been married three years, uh, to my husband, Daniel, um, and we have one for a baby, no real babies yet. I was telling Natalie and Jillian that before we started. Um, so yeah, we've been... In Dayton, I think, a little over two years now. Um, we are, my husband and I are originally from Central Virginia, and so we moved uh, for a job about two years ago, and um, yeah, the Lord just directed our steps here. That's a, a whole nother podcast, but yeah, yeah just of how we got here. But yeah, started attending Apex and um, got involved there, and yeah, it's it's just been a whirlwind since we got here, so. Awesome. Kelsey didn't mention this, but she is in outrageously good vocalist um, yeah, she who is, is. <laughs> um, a worship leader at Apex and that's actually how the two of us met and if you've been to um, if you were at our first gathering Kelsey was on oh, stage yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. First of the word. yeah the first gathering we had so she's been there since the beginning yes, <laughs> she has we're happy to to get to hear some spoken words okay. instead of sung words that's today. a little nerve-wracking guys yeah. <laughs> I gotta talk yeah. you can break into song if you want to at any point <laughs> you never but, know Natalie and I still have this whole podcast you we never know yeah <laughs> it's gonna turn into a musical extravaganza yes I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) In the meantime, we are eager to hear about what does Bible reading or study look like in the life of Kelsey Flynn right now? Oh, man. Well, I I feel like I'm kind of cheating because right now um, I'm actually in a Bible study with a group of about, I would say, nine girls um, from churches all across the Dayton area. 
and um, our, yes, <laughs> but it also started um, too with Jen Ward um, uh, about a year. Oh my gosh. 10 months ago, maybe, yeah. um, last January. And that's how I kind of got to know Jillian yes. a lot better was through this, um, was with a Jen Wilkins study of women in the word, that book. Um, but we decided that we were going to walk through Colossians together using Jen Wilkins tools though. So yes, it's a book, but it's a book about how to study scripture. So mm-hmm. we essentially took that through Colossians and walked through it. Um, and said, hey, let's use these tools and actually apply it to scripture and how we study scripture. Um, and because obviously I think I'd only been in Dayton for about a year at that point, it was a great connecting point for me um, mm-hmm. to meet women. So um, kind of got connected there. So we took the summer off, did kind of a quote unquote book study of reading through a book. But now that it's fall, we've started our new study uh, doing the same tactic of walking through Jen Wilkins' book, but we're going through the book of James. And it's my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah, it has been and we're only I want to say 2 weeks in and yeah. it's it's already really challenging. Is that flooring you? Yes. In a in a lot of ways which we'll get into like okay. as we talk about cuz most of this and what I'm what I'm telling you is just stuff that I'm learning now but then okay. two things I've learned in the past and but it's been awesome because yeah. it's it's forced me for the first time in a long time to actually study scripture like literature, like look mm, at it yeah. like I need to do research. And I grew up in church and grew up with two believing parents. And, you know, you grow up with a lot of things and you think you know a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So therefore you kind of skip over doing the detail work and yeah. doing the groundwork. And I feel like being in this study with this group of women and doing these techniques has forced me to get back into the grit, mm-hmm. into the grind, and to really get uncomfortable with scripture, mm-hmm. which I don't know that I've done in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, James has been super interesting yeah. so far. Had you ever been involved in a Bible study like that before? Yes, I would say I would say my history with Bible study. Um, goodness. I've done all kinds. I've done small discipleship groups Mm -hmm. of like four girls. I've done one-on-one stuff. I've done large Bethmore studies. Um, Yeah, I I feel like I've done it all. You know, Awanas as a kid, like memorizing scripture, all of those things. And at different seasons of my life, right, it's taken and looked like different things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Each each carrying its own weight in that season and teaching me different things in that season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like very reflective of my story maybe, or like where my heart was at and how intentional I was with scripture or not was with Mm -hmm. scripture because Mm -hmm. of what it was dealing with or Mm -hmm. what trial literally, right. That James is talking about. I feel like that I've been reading recently of seeing those seasons of those trials and how much those have have affected my relationship with the Lord, but also Mm -hmm. with his word. Um, Mm -hmm. But to, realizing the older I get and the more challenging it becomes or different seasons of life that happens, I'm learning new things and looking at scripture differently Mm -hmm. than I did when I was 19 Mm -hmm. or when I was 15 or, you know, a year ago, 25. So Mm -hmm. just realizing that each of those stages, I'm learning something different, Mm -hmm. um, with different groups of women. And I've, I've moved three or four times, I feel like in the past, uh, three or four years, so I feel like that's another reason my Bible study has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like just either me being a season of loneliness and trying to figure out what the Lord's teaching me in that to mm-hmm. me trying desperately to find friends so that I join a Bible study, right? To mm-hmm. try and meet women and have these there intimate are worse moments. ways to try to meet friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm one of those people. Um, yeah. You know, cause you just want to get to know the heart of women and it's hard sometimes to do that in more casual mm-hmm. conversation. So mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed this particular study because it's forced us to get uncomfortable and real with the word, which Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've done in a while because my community has shifted a lot, Mm. um, which is sad, but I feel like true of me because I'm very much an extrovert and I thrive a lot of energy and um, from other people and from community and from encouragement of other women. So um, I feel like this season is really sweet because I'm now surrounded, including right the two of you, mm-hmm. by all these women who really want to get deep with the word and yeah. really want to learn more about it. And um, that's been surprisingly not only convicting and humbling, but empowering yeah. at the yeah. same time. Man, it's contagious. Yeah. Oh when my goodness. You have women around you <laughs> who are who are doing that, and it just it filters into your life just by nature of being around each other. It's one of Jill's favorite. Favorite tips is do it together. Don't, don't do, do it alone. Don't do it alone. That's <laughs> oh, so true. Do you so know, um, tell us a little bit about what kind of the day-to-day mm-hmm. study looks like for you with your schedule. Okay. Um, well, with this currently, um, so a little, I guess, more bio about me. I work full-time. Um, I'm kind of a creative director for a meal planning service. So, um, I work 40, 40 hours a week and shout out to once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Once like, a month meals. We, we can give them some love. We love here. once a yeah. month meals. So ladies or gents, if you're listening, if you want to know more about freezer cooking, talk to Do me Do it later. for your wives. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> One gentleman, Julian's dad. We love you. Yeah. Do some freezer cooking. <laughs> um, yeah. So I work full time and, um, as, as Natalie said, I also lead worship. My husband and I also just started leading a house church with our um, with our church Apex. Um, so we've taken on a lot of leadership roles um, recently, which has taken up a lot of time. But mm-hmm. two, I feel like this new season of life, I'm spending a lot more time trying to spend time with women um, mm-hmm. and, and getting to know them more intentionally at my stage of life here in Dayton. So I'm the day-to-day scripture looks very different depending on the week, depending on Mm -hmm. what work is like, what social life looks like or craziness at church. Right. And we all go through seasons of it. But, um, for me, worship is a consistent part of it. If I can't Mm -hmm. get in the word myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the cool things I've loved about this study that we're doing, um, at least how we've set it up is that we meet the first and third, um, Tuesdays of every month Mm -hmm. and we have homework at each point. And I feel like instead of doing it every week, do this every two weeks has given us a lot of freedom to Mm -hmm. actually really dive into it because some of the techniques we're doing are kind of difficult, like annotating and outlining. Mm -hmm. And, um, one that's really hard and been challenging for me is paraphrasing. Oh my gosh, guys, we'll talk about that later, but (laughs) yeah, it's, I mean, there, there are things that just require your time to really dive into it. So I really appreciated that in this study that we're doing that we have two weeks. So for me, I'm a very, uh, a calendar to do oriented person. So I actually block off time on my calendar nice. to go do it. Um, it's just, I'm otherwise it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
other, yeah. And right. Music is usually playing in my life and prayer is constant because something is happening. And, um, but time in the word I'm realizing the older I get, I have to be very intentional and carve it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm realizing that it's been good for me to have this homework and have a deadline for myself to say, Hey, this is when this is due. So at the beginning of that meeting, I'll say, okay, these are the times I want to pick out evenings, mornings, Mm -hmm. you know, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. And I'm going to do this portion of my homework. Maybe not all of it. Right. Cause I might have 15 minutes. I might have an hour. Maybe I'll have all Sunday cause my husband's gone, you know, you just never know. So, um, yeah, that's how I make it happen, I guess. Of sorts. So to pick your brain about something, cause I know there's a listener out there who is like, why are we talking about homework in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Like oh. that doesn't sound fun. That doesn't, you know, really, that's a good s- question, you know, spark my heart, you mm-hmm. know? So how does that how does that work um, mm. with your relationship with the Lord, right? Because that's where we're getting to. Mm. Oh, Jillian. Oh, homework. It's funny. I look, it's, I feel like part of it I have to look at is homework. Otherwise, I don't know if I would do it. Like, mm. especially so the current place that we're at right now is looking at overarching themes in the history of the book. Mm-hmm. I don't naturally, as a woman, right, because I'm a feeler, I don't naturally as a woman think, oh, I'm going to go look up who wrote it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up information about this guy, mm-hmm. when it was written, to whom the book was written, mm-hmm. um, what the meta narrative, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big fancy word, ladies, that Jen Wilkin talks about in her book. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like very deep. Deep, you know, yeah. literature type studying. Um, and I don't do those things naturally. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm one of those people that I can read the word and spend time looking at it and say, Hey, like, what is this telling about the character of the Lord? Right. Yeah. And there are a lot of easy things to do that, but a study like this is forcing me to dive deeper into the context of scripture yeah. and giving me insight into why those people felt what they did or why the writer wrote what he did yeah. in that instance. Mm-hmm. And Realizing right in our 21st century world with technology and cell phones, there's what we live in and read and fill ourselves with now looks so different than what it did then. And realizing that if I, as I get older, I'm realizing if I don't have context for what I'm reading, then I really don't fully understand it. And I really don't fully, fully, fully grasp what that author was trying to portray to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, ladies, it is homework, um, but it's teaching me to sit down with the word Mm -hmm. and be intentional with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas otherwise, and this has become a bad habit at different seasons of my life where I've just sat and, you know, I've just opened, opened the Bible and pointed Mm -hmm. at it and said, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to read today. Or, oh, you know, this is, I I need to read a Psalm Mm because I just need to be encouraged or, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, I'm, I'm, yes, (laughs) Yes. I don't know. You know what I'm saying, Natalie, but yeah, it's just different, different things evoke different emotions and to where I'm. I don't know. I don't know about you as the listener, but I know about myself. I'm very predisposed to my emotions and yeah. I I have an expectation going into scripture sometimes yeah. about what I should get out of it yeah. instead of letting the Lord speak to me in it and mm-hmm. realizing that when I when I challenge myself to look at scripture in these different ways whether it's looking at cross references like another what another verse says about another verse and how mm-hmm. it's parallel you know what mm-hmm. what parallel there is there and why Paul repeats it so many times yeah. or you know a, a directive that is you know said a bunch of times or why there's a list of things just realizing to pay attention to the way it was written actually matters yeah um and just never I've never really been challenged in that way um yeah. 
Yeah. Because as women, right, it's, we want to talk about how we feel about the Lord and yeah. how we feel about what we're walking through. But really, mm-hmm. there's so much more that the Lord is trying to teach us through Scripture, right? I mean, He doesn't mm-hmm. say that it gives us life or, you know, that it d- divides, you know, your emotions and um, feelings, you know, to actually discern what the heart really needs and wants. Yeah. Like, He doesn't just give us that to make us feel better. Yeah. That there's... They're really, like, you have to dig for it and search for it. So Kelsey's homework for you listeners (laughs) is going to be to do your homework on, there's a verse in Colossians that says, uh, distinguishes hymns and songs. Oh, songs, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Do you know which one verse that is? Oh, not off the top of my head, Julia. We'll put it in the show notes. I'm going to just look it up right here. I have a little bit of being able to firsthand witness kind of how the Lord through this sort of research and and really digging in uh, ended up sparking Kelsey's heart anyway, (laughs) because, you know, as a worship leader, Mm -hmm. especially 316, 316. So, so yeah, it's actually our very, it's our same date and woman of the word. Right, it's a part of that. Mm-hmm. Let the word oh, dwell yes. with mm-hmm. richly. Yep. Um, so it's actually a part of our ministry. Fail. Yeah, I should have remembered. That. I know. Well, I just <laughs> always remember let the word dwell in you richly, yeah. and I thought that was a different verse. But anyway, so what happened there was Kelsey did her homework on it, and yeah. I don't think any of us in that group are going to forget the different meanings of, <laughs> of those of those and why they were so important. So that's your homework. Um, but for now, can you share a light bulb moment or a p- particular scripture? Maybe I gave one away or a person that helped deepen your relationship with God's word. Oh, goodness. There's so many, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like you could you could go on and on. You got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if all these all these friends are gonna <laughs> hang on that time. long. It's okay. <laughs> Settle in. Settle in. Get a cup of coffee. Oh yeah, guys, I've got chai tea right here, and <laughs> Kelsey is happy. <laughs> um, I feel like as I was preparing for this and like thinking about this, um, there was one verse that came came to mind because of a season, and it's funny. I think I thought that it would eventually, that verse would change meaning for me, but I've realized Mm -hmm. it's continued to have a lot of different meanings. Mm -hmm. um, It's Deuteronomy um, Mm 6.23, but he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time when I was going through a Beth Moore um, Deuteronomy study, and I'd never done an in-depth study of an Mm -hmm. Old Testament book. And so I was. And Beth Moore, man, that's a way to start. Yes. And, but I mean, guys, it was so good. I mean, right. People, people rag on Beth Moore studies, but I mean, Jesus took me home in that. I mean, in so many ways. And, but again, like I said, I was, as many women, maybe, maybe you're not like me, I don't know, you sometimes shy away from Old Testament stuff Mm -hmm. because it just gets into the thick of history, right? Mm -hmm. And the thick of context Mm -hmm. and understanding symbolism and metaphors and, Mm -hmm. you know, why it being in stone or what manna, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just write all of these things that we need to know. And I was uh, engaged, getting ready to get married, and um, I was fighting the Lord intensely on leave on <laughs> quitting my job, leaving my the place that I was living to go get married mm-hmm. and be in a new city with mm-hmm. no job, be newly married, 
And, and this new city was to be Dayton? No, actually. Oh. So that's one. that's what's funny about this verse is it's okay. carried on new meanings, I feel like, at different stages of life. So mm-hmm. um, ladies, before... so. Before I moved to Dayton, I uh, was working in Central Virginia. My then fiance proposed, and but we at the time were doing long distance, about two hours away from each other. So one of us, right, had to quit our jobs and move to the other, right? That's mm. you know, leave and cleave, and yep. um, Dino makes a lot more money than I do, you know. So that's just a, it was kind of a given, sadly. Mm. But I, I was very. I was one of those women that, that I didn't expect to get married when I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I was very independent and very driven. Mm-hmm. Um, still very, very much am. I can't mm-hmm. say that I'm, I'm not still that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be lying. But I was in a season where I was really fighting the Lord to give up control and want want to give up everything that I felt like I'd worked really hard for to go leave and do what he means. needed. Oh, look, Siri came to visit us, guys. <laughs> essentially leaving and going and Mm -hmm. this whole stressful time of them essentially being in the in-between. And I didn't realize at the time how much I resonated with them until Beth Moore started really honing in on this verse, but he brought us out from there to bring us back in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really fully understood that the Lord doesn't bring you out from something to not bring you into something else. Mm -hmm. And, um, which is ironic. So right. I quit that job and I moved, um, moved, uh, to uh, Southwest Virginia in Blacksburg, uh, where Virginia tech is and where my husband was. And we stayed there for a year before, um, he got a job opportunity here in Dayton, Ohio. And, That verse, again, took on a different meaning of, like, the Lord doesn't bring you out to not bring you back in. Mm-hmm. And me having, I guys, I'd never been to the state of Ohio before the day that I moved here. And I knew not a soul. I didn't know anybody. It was, it was literally, legitimately a leap of faith, both mm-hmm. on my part and on Daniel's and in our marriage together to just say, we're going to do this because we feel like the Lord is opening a very, and it was guys, a very clear door, mm-hmm. um, of just to do it. And so again, that verse took on a whole nother meaning of the Lord is not bringing me out from Virginia where guys, my family is and mm-hmm. my brother, my parents, uh, Daniel grew up there. I mean, where we both met, like leaving a place and a state sadly, right. That holds a lot of meanings and memories mm-hmm. to then go and, do something else and re now at this stage of life, I'm two years into Dayton and I read that verse, but he brought us out to bring us in and give us the land he promised. Mm. And to now be right on the other side of it, four or five years later and like seeing what the Lord promised Mm. and like seeing the rewards of that. Mm. Um, and just seeing how much that, that verse then resonated then and has multiple times since. I have a chills now just talking about it because I remember when you came, I remember when you first got here and when I first mm-hmm. met you and I remember you saying, I don't know anybody here <laughs> at all and I have no idea what we're doing, but yeah. like the Lord's beautiful timing in, in getting you guys mm-hmm. like so plugged in right onto bands, like oh, yes. right into um, church community and 
all the growth that he's done just in your relationships in the past oh, two yes. years. And I just, I love, I love hearing that. Um, all glory be to God. Yeah. Seriously. I, I, I get chills telling people our story of how we got here because there's, there's no other reason except for the Lord, the Lord opening doors and closing others and yeah. making it very clear mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be here. And some, yeah, I, I can't even make up what happened and yeah. how I know the people that I know now or why I'm friends with those that I am friends with or all of those kind of things. But just that for whatever reason, this is where the Lord called us. And, but realizing that he did have blessing for us here yeah. because we obeyed and yes. because we, we said, okay, like this feels right. And from, we are right wise people. We sought wise counsel. We prayed about it. I mean, right. You do as much as you can, but at the end of the day, right. You take a leap of faith, trusting that the Lord's going to provide. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of times in your life where you don't feel like the Lord's going to, or you don't see it. And, mm-hmm. um, there were many times where I was probably very depressed when we moved here because I'm an extrovert, like I said earlier, and I was very alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't mm-hmm. know Beaver Creek from Kettering from Oakwood <laughs> to West Dayton. I mean, guys, the fact that I even figured out how to get here to this house is impressive. Too. We cheered for yes. her. Yes. But now we bought a house here. I mean, we just did that a couple months. I mean, you're putting down roots. Yeah. Oh gosh, guys, don't. Yeah, I'm afraid to send this to my parents because my mom's like, we'll never get you back. (laughs) But I mean, it's just it's hard. It's hard to fight what the Lord is is clearly calling you to, Mm. even though you don't see it. Yeah. 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 Amen. I just want to repeat that for you because I'm repeating it in my head right now. The Lord does not take you out. Mm. Before be, before letting what leading you back in. Yes. Well, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't bring you out from somewhere out. to not bring you back in. The verse mm. is Deuteronomy 6:23, but he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Oh man, I think a lot of Dayton women need to hear that, especially so many military families in mm. our area, but I I'm not a military family and I feel very connected with that oh, yeah. person statement. And but whether I mean it doesn't even have to be right physically. Yes. Right. I mean obviously for the Israelites too at the time it was yeah. physical. But Right, we all, I mean, Natalie and uh, Jillian are both parents. I'm not a parent yet. Like, mm-hmm. the Lord will bring me out of my out of my season yeah. of being, what is it, a, a dink, dual income, no kid, I think they call it, Daniel what? and I. That's what? like a statistic. I have never heard yeah. of that before. My coworkers t- tell me that all the time because I don't have children. Like, <laughs> I would never call you a dink. <laughs> they call me a dink. <laughs> but... Right, but you move, you move from season to season, right? Yeah. Just like you do from single to engaged, engaged mm-hmm. to married, yeah. married to children, to your children are grown and on their own, to yeah. empty nesters, and then you have grandchildren, right? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a physical like yes. location and place, which was where the Lord spoke to me in those moments about this verse for yeah. me and yeah. has right since. But realizing even now that I'm I'm putting down roots here, Jillian, yes. that even though. Even though that's true, my seasons are still changing and the Lord's pulling people from me, right? I mean, others are moving or others are, have the Lord's calling on their hearts to do something. And if you're not moving, other people are. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And just realizing that, I don't know, the Lord just calls us to so much more and that he, he has something promised for you. And that's, that's sometimes I, I leave, I forget when I read this verse, I leave that out sometimes. Cause I'm like, Oh, he brought me, he doesn't bring me out to not bring me back in, but he brings me 
to the place where he's promised Mm -hmm. this to me Mm -hmm. and realizing that wasn't just for the Israelites right back then it was for me too but having context of of what the Israelites went through and why that was so hard and why that season was so hard yeah and what they did makes it that much more empowering to me yeah Yeah. I think we've heard that kind of story a lot with Dayton yes not only like you know the military perspective of people coming in and out a lot but just that like what our city has gone through in the past 20 years or so and just that kind of Midwest stigma that it has that there's like nothing going on here and that why would anybody want to live in Dayton oh gosh guys I could go on all the things we know Mm -hmm. um and all the problems that our city does have we we know those things but like that I think that makes it look less like a promised land, right? Mm. So Oof. for, for <laughs> I know, I know that yeah. feeling because that's yeah. how I felt when I moved here too. And so the Lord really does do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. He really does yes. have Amen. blessings that you could never see. And he sees so much more in a place than we could ever see at face value you know yeah so I I never thought I would say that about Dayton Ohio I didn't even know where it was on a map guys two years ago (laughs) literally you you could have asked me and I would have had no clue yeah and here I am and whenever I go visit I've got friends that are like so like where where is it Dayton Dayton, Ohio, and they'll ask me questions, and they're like, Wait, so are you, are you staying? Like, are you guys ever going to come back? And Yeah, I mean, yeah. but right when, I mean, as you both know, right, when you have family and friends and history and other places, right, that, that sometimes wants to draw you, draw you back, and those mm-hmm. memories do, but yeah. it's hard to fight, again, what the Lord is calling you to in whatever promised land, mm-hmm. whether it's Dayton or another city or another country, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, missions, whatever it is, right? Like, we're each called to something different. And would I have ever, had you told me I was going to move to Dayton, I would have said, Mm-mm, sorry, friends, like not happening. But right. I mean, yeah. when, when you see the Lord opening doors and when you're in those moments and you're trusting him and right, you're in the word and yes. you're, you're seeking wise counsel and you're praying and you're being intentional about try, at least trying to listen to the spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. the spirit's going to move mm-hmm. and he's not, he's not going to leave you there. Right. And then you find yourself so invested Yes. When people start asking you those questions and then you're you're quick to defend the yeah. city and and love yep. the city and pray for the city and and that's the Lord. That's it the is. Lord bringing us here, you know, and changing our hearts to and showing us that every place on this planet has people worth loving and who need him. Right. Absolutely. Who absolutely need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you were talking a little bit about your history, you know, and coming here, Mm -hmm. um, wondering, has there ever been any really full or dry seasons Mm. in your life as far as the word goes Mm. that you could tell us about? Oh yeah. Well, guys, well, if to get to the, probably my dry season, we'll have to go, we'll have to go a little farther back. So I was, let's see, I was, mm, I, so again, like I said earlier, I'm from central Virginia. Um, so when I graduated from high school, I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. Sorry to all, all the Ohio State fans out there or Michigan State fans. Uh, Wait, their name is the Hokies? Hokies, yeah. I... H-O-K-I-E-S, Hokies. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh um, my goodness. This podcast keeps getting better. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, we're the 
the Buckeyes. I yeah. don't know what, but I just have, I have no earthly notion it's a, it's, what a it's Hokie a bird. is. It's a, well, okay. so Virginia, Virginia tells, Virginia Tech tells you when you do orientation, if someone says, what is a Hokie, you're supposed to say, I am, like, Courtney, <laughs> Courtney, like that freshman orientation. <laughs> but for all of you wonderings out there, um, hey, Kelsey, what's a Hokie? I know. I am. <laughs> Um, it's like a turkey. That's essentially what it is. It's a bird. So, yeah. Um, All right. Now that we got that very important thing established. Yes. Well, this is context, right? Context. Now. You know, it We're is. It is. For sure. Context. It is for sure. Um, so, I went to I went to Virginia Tech, um, and I, I was a believer, and I went to Tech rooming with one of my very good friends, um, and probably my, my best friend at the time um, at Tech, and... Did my freshman year, and um, I got involved got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, um, and that's really where the Lord, I would say, really started to like grab a hold of my heart. I'd been a believer and um, had been a, a, an active falling believer, but I don't think I'd been in a bubble for a long time, um, just because my parents were Christians, my my circle of friends were all believers. I was really in, active in my church. I was surrounded by Christians and surrounded by the goodness of God, I guess, mm. all the time. And um, so I went to Virginia Tech, and that was my first real experience to, like, what the other other side of the world sees, you know. And when you see girls hurting or friends hurting or stuff that they've walked through with their families or just right life. I mean, you. but because I was in a bubble, I didn't really see all of that. Um, so the Lord had done a huge work in my heart and was growing me exponentially. Um, and then I got ready to start my sophomore year at Virginia Tech. And um, a couple, I want to say three days into it on a Wednesday, um, long story short, found out that my best friend and her boyfriend were both murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started a very long, dark journey for me with what my relationship with the Lord looked like. Um and just what what Jesus was to me. Mm. Um, because uh, I don't know about any of you, but I'd grown up with a lot of really good things about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I was spared from a lot of hurt that a lot of kids and teenagers go through in life. Um, but at 19, mm-hmm. two of my closest friends uh, mm-hmm. yeah, went on a date and were both shot in the head. And then you're left to pick up the pieces and figure out what that means to you, but then to what it you're grieving with everyone else because things like that are very public and headline news, sadly, in a lot of situations. And so for the first time in my life, I questioned whether what I had said I believed, did I really believe it? Mm -hmm. Um, because why would the Lord take to an 18 and a 19-year-old mm-hmm. who both loved the Lord and were going to Virginia Tech and doing all these great things and had all these... Like, why why would you choose to take these two people? Um, so, <laughs> scripture at that point, for me, it was really hard to read it. Um, and I remember many times trying trying to read it. Um, trying to feel emotion mm-hmm. right from it and feel evoked um, by the spirit, you know, like it's almost a right when you're a believer. There's sometimes a pattern that you create. So even though you don't feel the Lord speaking to you, right, mm-hmm. the only thing you know to do is go to it. And 
that was the other thing is even though I was questioning whether the Lord was real, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, supposedly you're supposed to turn to Jesus and mm-hmm. supposed to seek all this out. And, um, I, I tried <laughs> mm-hmm. and I went to it and it felt really barren and I felt, I felt very empty, but too, my heart was just broken. <laughs> mm. And, um, yeah, my heart was broken. Mm. Funny how you you think you forget your nineteen year old self, mm-hmm. but you go back there pretty quickly. She's always with you. Yes, sadly, but in a good way too, right? Mm. It, it's very humbling to remember those um, points. But mm. for me, it was really hard to get to this place with the Lord in Scripture, where I, I felt His nearness and mm-hmm. where I felt His love and tenderness and calling on my life. Because at that point, I had no idea what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, What was interesting about the experience was it was because I grew up with these two people. Their names were Heidi and David. um, Because I grew up with them when we had their funerals, it was this very weird clashing of my hometown world plus my Virginia Tech world. And um, because I lived with her and she was my roommate, a lot of attention and pressure. And um, I... I can say, at least also from testimony from other people about my actions at the time, that the spirit worked in me. Like the mm-hmm. things that I said and the, the stuff that I did were not not of me. Like mm-hmm. that the Lord truly guided my actions and my words in that mm-hmm. in that time frame. But in my own attempt at trying to figure out what the grieving process was, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how to look at scripture anymore. Yeah. Because I, I just felt so alone and I felt barren and I didn't understand and... Yeah, there's just, you're not supposed to experience stuff like that, right? Like, mm. but we're in a fallen world. And so I, <laughs> I tried and I tried and um, worship at the time was the only thing that the Lord used or I've, I would say for the first time opened my heart to the power of worship mm. and the power that it has to speak to the heart and to speak to it in a way sometimes that scripture just can't. Yeah. Not that it can't, but mm-hmm. at the time and in my emotional state that yeah. I was in, the Lord taught me a lot about the power of worship to my heart because it, it actually, it opened my heart to feel the things that I needed to feel because mm. I wanted to just barrel past the five stages of grief. Yeah. I had someone that was talking to me about it and I was like so you go through the first one then you go through the second and then you go through the third and they're like well Kelsey like you really wanted to check them off yes and be done with well them. because guys like I said I'm I'm a to-do list person I'm yeah. I'm very action oriented I put blocks on in my calendar right to do stuff I'm I just am a process person and for someone to tell me that there's no right way to go through it or to like work through it I I did literally had no idea what to do with that. And the only thing in front of me was school. And I was like, well, I can do school. Like Mm -hmm. I know, I know I can study and I can do tests. And, you know, despite that my whole world is like crumbling and Mm -hmm. my life looked very different at the time, um, that I had no idea of really what to do and how to study the word anymore Mm -hmm. because my view of Jesus and my view of God looked so different. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was also when I, around the time that I met my husband, Daniel, um, was through that time of worship. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, an awesome story of what the Lord did both him and, and, and I, um, and opened me up to, because I, that was, that was the key to getting me back into looking at scripture as a life giving place was, 
realizing that people write worship right out of scripture mm-hmm. and they write these songs mm-hmm. out out of a psalm or out of a passage that mm-hmm. speaks to them. Um, so at the time so you're in scripture without really <laughs> yes oh yeah no yeah I mean that's what that, I mean and I guess maybe the guys to say to Natalie's point very much so that when when you're in seasons right where where scripture is hard to feel and hard to see it doesn't mean that it will forever be like that mm-hmm. um so Jillian to transition into a full season yeah um so I that was my my sophomore year where I was essentially trying to figure out me and what I felt or didn't feel or what my relationship with the Lord looked like and I I kept doing crew and that community though surrounded me like I don't know stick glue or whatever like I had all these people that all of a sudden could both visibly and physically knew I was hurting, right? There was no me hiding it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had all these people just surrounding me with the love of the Lord and just Mm -hmm. literally living out community. And um, crew does something that they call summer project. And um, they, it's every summer um, kids can go to across across the ocean then go across the United States but it's essentially their version of a missions trip right um, mm-hmm. over the summer and probably back so they hiding David died in August in December I felt I, I I could tell that I wasn't processing the way that I should I was really pushing a lot of stuff off because mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to deal with it and I didn't know what I needed to be doing in order to get through it even though I was probably depressed in some areas but mm-hmm. I was fine at time you know just the up and down emotions were crazy I just I felt very convicted that maybe I should look into this thing called a summer project. And, um, as the year kept going on, it was very apparent, like Kelsey, you've, ne- you've neglected your like heart <laughs> this whole time. Like I, I did a lot of things for other people who were grieving because I had a lot of friends, right. Who also lost a friend or, um, Heidi and David's parents were dear friends of mine, you know, mm-hmm. and learning to comfort family that I've known since I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, who've lost their child or my own parents, who knew Heidi and David extremely well, right? From birthday parties and prom. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot to take on. Yes, yeah. you you An try your wounded heart. Yes, yeah. you try and compensate for other people. So I realized, and probably only to the Lord's credit, that I wasn't taking care of myself mm-hmm. in the way that I should, mm-hmm. and that I wasn't. I really, I'd been avoiding the Lord <laughs> for mm-hmm. that whole year. Um, so I, I was like, you know, maybe I just need to go away. Maybe I need to do the summer project thing and see see what this could do for my heart. So I went to a place called Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, <laughs> and I was there for you know up in the up the New England area for ten weeks. Um, so from that following following May to August. Um, so right around their one year I'm anniversary. On that yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, met you at the beach. No, I mean in Hampton Beach and that and I was in a place with people I didn't some I knew, some I didn't know, and I the whole point was to spend time with the Lord. Mm. That was the whole point. And I spent more time in scripture that summer than I had all year, mm. right? Obviously, but I was also in a place where I was ready-ish, <laughs> probably not, but I was ready to face my fear with the Lord and I was ready to tackle my grief and I was mm-hmm. ready to say, okay, Lord, I know I'm hurting and I know that this is hard, and but I don't know how to deal with it, 
but I know that you say that your scripture is life and that you'll give me wisdom through this supposedly Mm -hmm. and that there's power in prayer and power in community. So, Mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's try this thing. And Mm -hmm. the Lord met me there and Mm -hmm. renewed my heart and put me in a place where I could, hmm, I could move forward. Mm-hmm. Right, because you don't ever get past things like that in your life, right? We all we all have stories like mine, right? They all look different, but mm-hmm. moments in our lives that change us forever. Yeah. And for me, I was 19 and, mm-hmm. you know, lost it in a very tragic, very public way, mm-hmm. which I don't wish on anyone. But for whatever reason, that's what the Lord had me walk through. and But that's also what pushed me to do the things I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, I mean, I can tell you so many stories about that being the the true moment of the Lord calling me to worship and calling me to be a worship leader, mm-hmm. um, but even more so to learn to learn that I could talk to the Lord because mm. I think at that point I didn't I remember feeling like I couldn't get I couldn't be mad at the Lord I couldn't be angry with him because mm. he was God mm. yeah. but I was nineteen and then turned twenty and I didn't fully comprehend. You know, that relationship meant talking to him just like I would you two. Mm-hmm. But that summer got to the place where it's like, Kelsey, if you like admit to the Lord that you're mad and angry mm-hmm. at him. And I was like, you can't get mad at God. And, <laughs> but right. The Lord breaks your heart and yeah. the Lord breaks you down and through yeah. the spirit and through other people and prayer and um, yeah, worship. And I mean, meditating and just sitting in silence sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like. The Lord breaks you down and says, like, Kelsey, like, tell me how you're doing. Yeah. And I was like, what? I already know. Yeah. (laughs) I can take it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that Jillian was a season where Mm -hmm. the Lord took a very empty tank and filled it up. Yeah. It reminds me of like, you know, in, in the garden, God asks, where are you? And it's not because he didn't know their physical like location. Right. He's asking where their heart is. Mm-hmm. And and he already knows that too. But yeah. he he wants that communion with us. He wants to talk to us. He um wants that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine him, you know, on that beach with you. Where are you, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. You know, and coming to meet you there. Yeah. So many times. In yeah. t- in tears and laughter. Yeah. Right. I mean, in sharing with people, like, because that was part of what we had to do was share with, with the gospel with people. And yeah. what does the gospel look like to me? What does that look like now? Mm. You know, because when, when your whole world is shaped around God is good and nothing hard happens, your view mm. of the Lord is very different than when you actually see hurt and sin for what it is. Yeah. And for me, that was a, I, I didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. So to actually see sin and to see the world broken in such a way that my, my own heart was broken. Mm. I'd never had a broken heart like yeah. that. Like I, I mean, my relationship with, I didn't really have boyfriends and yeah. I had great relationships with my parents. So like really I didn't have an experience that had ever truly broken my heart so much that I just couldn't breathe (laughs) and I couldn't, I couldn't even make words to feel or to explain what I felt. And when all of a sudden the Lord puts a trial right in your life that causes that kind of brokenness, you, you realize your need, Mm. right? And then, and in those moments of desperation, right, the Lord shows his faithfulness and absolutely those, those were I don't know. I'm still learning it now. I can't say that I'm not still grieving, right? right. Like, clearly this is still... I mean, gosh, guys, this happened seven years ago. Um, but 
it's still very fresh in my mind and I can still feel those feelings mm-hmm. and, but mm-hmm. I still feel the Lord, right? I mean, guys, I'm telling you this now, Yeah, you know, right? It's, this is when you realize the Lord has a greater story for you and a greater thing for your life is when you're sharing with people and talking to them. And I mean, here I am in Dayton talking about these two people that mm-hmm. no one knows, but me, mm-hmm. but I get to carry that story on and tell, yeah. tell of the Lord's faithfulness in it yeah. because God was so good in it. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you then tell your 19 year old self oh, gosh, or, or maybe mm. encouragement for those who are going through a dry season, maybe particularly because of a traumatic event mm. or grieving mm. in their life. Mm. Oh goodness. I'd probably, I think I would just hold my 19 year old self and say, it's okay mm-hmm. to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember not, I remember at the time not feeling like it was okay for me to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I needed to be tough and I needed to bear it somehow like a woman of the Lord. And mm-hmm. I don't know, right. You just, you talk about strong people, but I don't think I realized at the time that that there was power in in meekness and in weakness Mm -hmm. and in showing my vulnerability to people that I didn't understand. Do you hear that women? There is power (laughs) in weakness. It's the Lord's power. You need to hear that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I would give, I would give my 19 year old self a really big hug and just Mm -hmm. say, cry it out. I would like to hug her too. Right. Yeah. No, seriously. I, I wish I'd known that. Oh, Julian's going to hug me. <laughs> we can't help you it. Can't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember in particular um, David, his mom, who had just lost her only son, looking at me. And um, after I'd gone to see them for the first time after all of this happened and you know, all of us crying together, her looking at me and saying, Kelsey, like... I know, I know you're not old enough to see this and that you're only 19. She's like, but I'm old enough to know that the Lord, the Lord will be faithful even in this. Mm. And guys, that has stuck with me. Mrs. Metzler in Lynchburg, Virginia, guys. (laughs) I mean, one of, one of the most impactful women ever in my life to tell me, Kelsey, I know you don't see it now, Mm. but, and she she had just lost her only son. Yeah, I can't imagine. That. The Lord will be faithful even in this. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't know what that meant, mm-hmm. right? Because I was 19, but mm-hmm. I'm 26 now. And not that I'm that much more mature. I hope I am in some ways, but I, I look at that and I don't, I don't think I realized that was a truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, a, it wasn't her opinion. Right. Mm. She was saying that as a statement of faith, mm-hmm. like, the Lord will be faithful. It was Kelsey. a declaration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sure over to her heart because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even comprehend that. But just, yeah, that the Lord will be faithful to you even in, even in your season of weakness or of brokenness or desperation. And that, too, that it's also just a season Mm-hmm. That right, the Lord brings you out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that He doesn't leave you in that season. Now, friends, that doesn't mean right that you're gonna. You might heal in six months, mm-hmm. or guys, in my case, seven years. I'm yeah. I'm still. Or the next season will be easier. Yes, mm-hmm. right. But that the Lord, the Lord won't leave you there. And that too, I've been convicted of this passage, um, in James. Um, just about the fact, right, that the Lord produces steadfastness in us when we go through trials. 
that's st- but what's funny is I feel like James should have maybe added I'm not gonna add a scripture but I sometimes <laughs> I sometimes think James should have said like the sh- there's a struggle to steadfastness yeah. right mm-hmm. like yes trial pr- trials produce steadfastness in us but it that's that's in the battle for it mm-hmm. right the battle for righteousness the battle for seeking the Lord so even when you don't feel it obey right mm-hmm. obey the Lord's calling to seek out the word obey mm-hmm. the Lord's calling to pray about it or to talk with other women about it right like it even if even if scripture at this moment isn't what it is or what you think it should be maybe to mm-hmm. you don't let don't let it always be like that mm-hmm. keep going to it because the Lord will show up mm-hmm. 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 yeah shifting to to James you know what what is maybe one thing you're learning right now through scripture that you maybe Oof. want to share? Um, I've liked, I've liked, I've been marinating on this one, this one small passage in James. I believe it's, let's check my notes, guys, in James 2, um, where it says, You foolish person, you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Mm -hmm. And in particular, guys, of this passage, I, I, I was very convicted about the fact that it says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God. Mm-hmm. And many times, right, my defense to many things is, right, I believe, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. But James specifically says the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, mm-hmm. believed God at his word, like believed him at what he said and then the following after that says and it was credited credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend Mm -hmm. and that to me right now has been really hard to walk through of in in this in this good season where I'm with with women and I'm studying scripture it doesn't make believing God sometimes any easier Mm mm-hmm um, I can many times look at the word and think that the overall theme maybe or overall value that it presents is valuable to women and to myself and to my family or my friends, but I don't necessarily take it home for myself. Mm-hmm. And I kept, I don't, and just to realize that it, that the Lord called Abraham friend because he believed, Abraham believed God at what he said. And that being something that I'm trying to work through is and asking myself as Kelsey, what do you believe God when he says this? Mm -hmm. Do you believe God right when he says he'll be faithful or Mm -hmm. when he says he won't leave you where you're Mm -hmm. at or that he's generous Mm -hmm. or that he's jealous over me? Mm -hmm. Um, Do do I believe those things for me that the Lord wants that for me in my heart? and that's hard to answer sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, in, in seasons, at least for me right now, where 
I feel like I've been in Dayton long enough to know a lot of people and sometimes not long enough to really know them. So Mm -hmm. you still, I still guys get that new girl, like what's the word, um, kind of facade where I'm, I'm nervous and I don't know what to say and, you know, trying to still fit in and realizing that the Lord has chosen me to be here and believes that this is where I should be. So Mm -hmm. I'm I need to trust that what he says is true, even, even in this season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. I love hearing, um, just the context of your story. (laughs) We're talking about context earlier, but I just, it just brings me to tears really melts me because, um, Gosh, I want to be a friend of God. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a friend of God so bad. And I hope you ladies want to be his friend too because he's um he wants that relationship with you and and not in the superficial yeah. way that just that it sounds hokey to be mm. God's friend, but like think about your deepest friendship or think about um the closest relationship that you have where you really know somebody, that's what we're talking about when yeah. we say God's friend, you know, not yeah. just his pal. Yeah. But like someone who's deeply knows you and um and that you feel comfortable sharing everything in your life. Mm-hmm. And um that's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. can we all just let's we all want to be like Abraham. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yes, Lord, make it happen. Yeah. And so we are, actually. <laughs> so we, uh, we just need to take hold of it. Mm. Amen. Any, uh, any encouragements for um, our ladies listening? Any last um, things you want to share? Oh, gosh. Um, the Lord, he gives more grace in the struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing about James that I've liked is in James 4, he talks about like what causes fights and quarrels among you. Don't they come from your desires and Mm -hmm. battle within you? And ladies, that is me all the time because I would definitely say that there's an inner feminist going on somewhere (laughs) deep down in my heart and, (laughs) you know, and, and I want to fight. I want to fight sometimes to be known and to, to Mm -hmm. feel like I matter and like what my, what I'm doing matters. Some Genesis business. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But real, but reading again, this passage in James, you know, and the fact that James says you desire, but you do not have, you covet and, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight, like just all of these things. And he says, you do all these things to do what? And then at the very end of this list, he says, but he gives us more grace. I think those are the five most powerful words in all of scripture, that God gives more grace, right? I don't, yeah. And I don't know that I've ever taken hold of it. And I mean, ladies, I'm, I'm trying to study James and what is James context or what does he mean by that? Yeah. And ask those questions because for me, guys, I mean, the fight and quarrel, the struggle is real, you know, and and the passion, the passion for to be a part and live in this world and to be known by it, but also to be known by the Father and mm-hmm. by the Lord are two very distinct different things, mm-hmm. um, right? It's like it's the spirit and flesh, you know, just a constant. But the fact that that even in my fighting and quarreling within my own heart, that the Lord gives me more grace in the struggle mm-hmm. to be steadfast and constant in it. Mm-hmm. And that... He really does give more grace, mm-hmm. even even though I'm fighting within myself to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, 
keep fighting, ladies. Let let grace win. Awesome. Ask yourself that question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God gives more grace? Do you believe that it's possible that grace is abounding and has no limit? And what does that mean for your life? That's Yeah, and even shorter, do you believe God? Mm-hmm. You take from him Kelsey earlier. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you came tonight. To yeah. the playroom. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> we're all going to play some Candyland. Yeah, yeah. we're going to hit some Candyland and then um, maybe crawl through a tunnel and jump yeah. on a trampoline. Put on some princess dresses to top it off. But really, Kelsey, we're so glad that you joined us yes, tonight. Thank you. thank you for sharing your heart and sharing yeah. some hard things. And I know that there will be women out there who are super encouraged by your sharing. And if you are encouraged by Kelsey and you want to... Um, um, share your story with her. You want to mm. just comment or encourage her. You can do that um, at our blog. We'll have um, the show notes up there. You can um, go to our Instagram, anywhere we are on social media, just holler and say, Kelsey, we love you. You're yeah. thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you can, wherever you can. Go find Hokies. Us. Yeah, go Hokies, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, if you guys are walking through something um, and you want to just talk about it, I mean, guys, I, I'm I'm pretty much an open book, and uh, what the Lord has done in me or taught in me is not because of me, but because of Him, and. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you're walking through depression or a deep stage of, of whatever it is, of just hurt and struggle, you are not alone, friend. And mm-hmm. just know that these two ladies, Jillian and Natalie, are fantastic and um, have built a network for, for women like me and you to talk about these kind of things and to talk about the fact that we are not in this alone and the Lord does not call you to live in your state of loneliness or state of depression by yourself Mm -hmm. that that there's there's beauty in bringing light to it and to bringing others into it so truly if you if you want to talk virginia tech awesome (laughs) i can talk about that all day ladies go you know hooky football but seriously if if you want to talk about this and about life yeah i mean i'm an open book and happy to share so the beauty of our our community and the fact that kelsey is in our community she's here you can really you know you can hop on the facebook group and tag her and you can get her right there so um Thank you, Kelsey, for sharing. Thanks, Thanks, Julian. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.